Welcome to another episode of AAP Practice Life, the AAP podcast on life and practice. This is Mike Tunnell. I'm an equine veterinarian up in Toronto, Canada. We have a multi-group practice, uh, multi-practices. There's three locations we have in the Toronto area. We have about 12 vets, 20 support staff. And I'm joined by uh, Drs. Lisa Kivett and Dr. Ernie Martinez. So Lisa, maybe introduce yourself. Sure. Um, Dr. Lisa Kivett. I own and operate Foundation Equine Clinic in Southern Pines, North Carolina. We, I like to joke that we're a 2.17 doctor practice with one, two, three, or four support staff. I start to lose track. Uh, we're primarily focused on sport horses in our area, as well as pets and recreation horses, just kind of all over the board. And are there any areas of practice that you're particularly interested in? Me? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a boarded internist, so I try to stay right. in my lane uh, whenever possible. So I do enjoy uh, internal medicine and dentistry. Excellent. Cool. And Ernie, tell us a bit about yourself. Afternoon, everyone. Uh, Dr. Ernie Martinez, I'm an ambulatory practitioner at Haggard Equine Medical Institute in Lexington, Kentucky. We provide 24-7 care, all the services. But mostly thoroughbreds in the Lexington area, but we've got a expanding sport horse team and services that we offer. Uh, basically, if you've got that problem with your horse in Lexington, we, we've got somebody that can help you. Uh, my practice is mostly reproduction, mare and stallion work, um, some foal care, a lot of herd health, um, some dentistry, and um, hopefully blossoming into more practice management. Excellent. So today's subject is technology and practice, and I invited both Lisa and Ernie along. Uh, Ernie and I did a table topic at the AB convention in San Francisco uh, on technology, and we had a great turnout and really robust interactions with people, and I've known Lisa for a while, and we've all had a shared interest in technology. So I thought uh, our small group would be a good one to sort of talk about how we're using technology in practice. And I mean, this could be a, a three-hour podcast if we start going through mm-hmm. every bit of area. But I thought, we'd, let's break it down to a few areas. Let's talk about client communication or staff communication, how we can increase productivity, collaboration, and just some of our fam- uh, favorite uh, phone apps that we personally like. I'd also like to touch a bit upon telemedicine. And then finally, you know, what do we look for when we're trying a new technology or what are things that we need to be aware of? So there's been some recent news in the, uh, lately about Facebook and Google getting into trouble about privacy. So I thought we maybe just spend a few words on that. So let's jump in and let's talk about client communication. Is there any kind of apps or your favorite apps um, that you like to use with client communication? Um, either one of you can start first. Um, I can start. You know, most of our kind of quick you know scheduling and you know what's on the list for the day kind of communications with our clients is a lot of text-based communications i'm sure everybody uses the group text kind of help keep everybody in the loop and then you know for a lot of the our lab services are able to kind of share a lot of um, their lab results and stuff with our clients just getting that information to the clients is really helpful there's not necessarily an app but it's mostly it's a lot of texting and you know probably maybe to our detriment a little bit less phone to phone, you know, voice conversations because everybody's kind of busy running around taking care of horses here and there, depending on what's going on, that the text, you can get the, get them the info quick 
let them know what's going on. You know, they can keep working. You don't need your hands. You don't have to interrupt what you're doing. You right. can even a good, another good one I just thought of was I'm wearing my Apple watch is that's pretty handy that I can have my phone in my pocket, kind of get a buzz or notification. If there's a phone call or a text, I was kind of reluctant actually to get it. And it took me a while. I wasn't really like the early adopter of the Apple watch and waited, but since I've gotten one, it, it's been pretty handy. So we pop in mayors, yeah. see what's called, see what, who's calling or see what the text is. So it's been pretty helpful. Yeah. Make sure you move that thing. Apple watch to the other hand before you pop those <laughs> mares though. <laughs> you only get it wrong once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there'll, be a, there'll be an app for that sometime in the future. You'll probably be able to determine fetal heart rate or something if you're Apple watch. <laughs> if I use it on my palpy hand, I might get more points for motion because I'd be doing uh, more movement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about your thoughts, Lisa? Uh, uh, I mean, pretty similar. We've embraced texting. Uh, the clients want it, and it's certainly not anything that you know we want to get away from. My support staff is primarily um, quite young, and so uh, sometimes I do have to remind them to go the other direction, go a little bit more old school. Some of our clients don't want to text constantly. So I think we're constantly fighting a battle of email, text messaging, phone call, and which clients prefer which modalities and when the appropriate time is to sort of escalate to a more personal modality. Um, There's also sort of the ever-present challenge of Facebook Messenger. People will always try to use that. Um, And I, I know that's much to the chagrin of a lot of practitioners. And certainly there are those moments when people try to send a Facebook message for an emergency and that makes no sense and it doesn't get answered. But there are some times when I have found Facebook Messenger to be really handy. Um, our uh, All of our office phones are Android-based um, for some reasons that I'm sure we can get into later. But because a lot of our clients have iPhones, they try to send us a video you know, segueing into the telemedicine thing. And it comes through fuzzy iPhone to Android. It just doesn't work that well. So we will then send them to Facebook Messenger to get a better video quality. So we use it. That's interesting. Are either of you using WhatsApp with your clients? I haven't felt the need. Mm -hmm. I haven't ever been asked at this point. Yes, much more popular in Europe. I know when I uh-huh. talk with vets over there, everybody's on WhatsApp and, and, and rarely do they text. I think texting is much more of a North American thing. Okay. The question I have for both of you then is, you know, so your people are texting, they get reliance on you for texting. How do you curtail or limit their access to you after hours or on weekends? This has been our, our big but, solution that I've talked about before is the reason we went to Android was you can download an app to create an autoresponder. And we've been on an Android-based system with autoresponders since something like 2015. So if someone, it just, it clicks on automatically at five o'clock. And if someone sends a text message outside of hours, they get an immediate response that says, thank you for contacting us. You know, we will be able to respond during normal business hours or please call to be connected in the event of an emergency. And that has just really worked for us. Cool. How about yourself, Ernie? Yeah, I think, you know, we can, you can turn on the do not disturb function. And I think, you know, an important part of even, you know, those client relationships or, you know, here it would be like, you know, taking on a farm to do their work is kind of laying out those ground rules ahead of time. 
or the best way to communicate in the different scenarios, whether it's, hey, we just have, you know, two mayors to check today versus, you know, the mayor's trying to bleed out, need to get here ASAP, you know, a text or Facebook messenger might not be the best way. It might be the time to call. But as far as, you know, kind of shutting the phone up at the end of the day, I'm a little probably too available, but I do know that I have a, a couple quick, speedy custom replies that I'm either, you know, way out of town or unavailable. Um, the best one I've put on there is um, I'm off riding my bike, you know, please call the office. So, you know, just, I think, you know, setting those ground rules ahead of time and then, you know, taking advantage of the technology there, either like the do not disturb function or, you know, like your email, you can set that auto reply. I'm out of town. You can do that for your phone. I think it's just, you know, good to make sure your clients are aware that they might get that answer one day and don't surprise them with it. Right. We've had a situation we do similar to what you guys are talking about, but we have, I mean, we have multiple events and not everybody is on big, on call at the same time. And, you know, a client would have a particular vet and they would start texting them and they'd be on vacation or they're just trying to take a night off, what have you. And we really had to put our foot down and just tell our clients, like, if you're going to text for an emergency, we're not going to respond. And it didn't take very long for our clients to now know that after five o'clock, if they have an emergency, they just contact the answering service. That worked out mm-hmm. quite well. Yeah, especially in the middle of the night, you know, somebody might have their phone on quiet or mute because they don't want their spouse to wake up. And so there's less dinging in the room. You need to make sure that everybody just knows, you know, when it's the right time to call and just kind of lay the ground rules yeah. out there. So if, I think we go over next, and this will be interesting, because we go from a, a 2.17 bet practice to I don't know how many bets you have at Eggers now. Uh, and we're somewhere closer to the 2.17. What do you find effective for interclinic communication, just to for you know staff to talk to each other? Uh, for what staff, we mostly email. Yeah, I thought about it. I tried to wanting wanted to integrate like a Slack or one of those collaborative platforms, mm-hmm. but um, our standard just kind of been email, and it's you know housed and everything's in house. It's on the servers. It's not to an outside party. So most of our doctor-to-doctor case reports, intra-office communications would be over email. You know, in the field setting from, you know, one doctor driving around to another, um, it's either text or a phone call. And we're pretty much well, exactly so. the same, you know, yeah. even being so much smaller. I We tried, uh, like you said, the Slack sort of thing. And I ended up feeling too guilty using it because we had some staff who, you know, they're not full time, so they might have it on their phone, but they're not currently in the office. And I didn't want them troubled with whatever was going on. So I don't know that we found a perfect solution to that. And and we're still pretty much, yeah, just doing emails and texts and things like that. So it's funny you say that, Lisa, because we've adopted Slack and we use this across our clinics. And the reason why we use it is for the reasons why you didn't want to use it in terms of people feeling like um, they're available or should be available when they're not, which is a problem yeah. with texting because it, it's harder. Because of Slack, which I like, it's free uh, up to about 10,000 messages. And it's, I think, a nominal fee per month per user. But what we have found is that you can put snooze notifications or automatic out of office or on vacation or what have you mm-hmm. notifications. So even if you, you say it, you have a snooze notification that goes on every day at five o'clock and it turns off at eight, for example. You don't receive yeah. any messages and, until you, until you, unless you actually actively look for it. So our, yeah. our, what we have found is that our vets and staff, primarily our support staff and office, like using Slack more 
because uh -huh. there's less of the, hey, all hands on deck emails. So you can just send an email or a Slack message to the one or two or five people that you want. You can make up little groups. So like, for example, there could be group on inventory. So if a vet's on the road and they can be saying, hey, I just ran out of thylazine. Can you get yeah. some ready for me when I get back? We use it for, um, you know, discussions about clients. Vets have their own channel so they can talk about cases. As I'm, mm -hmm. as I'm talking to you now, I just, on my Slack channel just came up, a bunch of vets are just sort of going back and forth, the discussion on how to treat a, a skin issue. So I, we find it that it's, it's a lot more focused and people are really enjoy it more. You can share photos, videos, big files. Mm -hmm. So it, it sort of has replaced our texting. That being said, the one downfall of it, and particularly where we live, if you're in a hilly area, you don't have great cell coverage, it can be a bit laggy. Mm -hmm. So if the office needs to get a hold of a vet, we still go to a phone or a text thing because that yeah. is quicker than Slack. Well, that motivates me to maybe give it another try. I think, you know, we got it all up and ready to go and we bounced a few messages and then just sort of let it die out. And as you guys both know, as soon as you decide to implement some new strategy, you really have to get everybody to buy in and commit to really doing it for 30 yep. days to see if you like it. And I don't think we ever really gave it, we didn't give it that go. So this might yeah. motivate me to try again. Yeah, I just thought people have a lot more fun because it's a day and they'll come across like, you know, like the, the driveway from heck because it's just full of mud or, yeah. or you know, so, so it's just an easy way for people to, to share updates what's going on in their day it keeps the uh, mm -hmm. the everybody a little bit closer together sense of community yeah yeah it, you have to get it um installed and then support and just get everybody on board using it if a couple people mm -hmm. are and everybody's still kind of using the old way you're yeah. kind of shooting yourself in the foot. i think you kind of got to either go cold yeah. turkey and all jump into the pool together or yeah it, it doesn't work i mean it's such a yeah. cool platform and if you look at their website and all the other massively huge companies that use it in the many different ways that they use it you know you gotta i think it's worth a look at for sure yeah I think that's a great segue because the next thing in terms of you know clinic communication and collaboration is what i like about slack is that it, it integrates with google drive or dropbox or some of the other ones so you can share a, a folder or a file within slack and just pull it from your google drive or your um dropbox yeah. so that makes it a lot easier too Hmm, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. so, I was going to say the one thing I like most about the iPhone and those different apps and, the, you know, like the Dropbox or the Google Drive is that I can get, you know, a lab result or an email or a document from somebody and then, you know, click the send it button and send it to any one of those mm -hmm. um, services. And then, you know, I get back to a desktop or I, you know, can look it up later and I have you know, either all my labs on a certain horse or a certain case or, you know, documents from you know, then it's from a meeting and they're all in one spot. So I, I can, I can honestly admit though, that I've probably tried them all and have accounts with all of them. And so there are a few of them each have things in different ones. So I might have to remember where they are, but one day maybe I'll consolidate to one, but I kind of like trying out the new technologies just to, just to uh, test drive them, so to speak. hundred percent. How about yourself, Lisa? Do you have any favorites of the collaboration tools? Uh, I have a app or a tool that I'm very, very passionate about currently. And I think it kind of goes along with collaboration and efficiency, but have either of you guys tried Trello yet? Oh, I love Trello. 
Oh my god, I'm obsessed. Yeah, no, I've never heard of it. Oh, it's a great it, best project manager. It's changed our entire the way we every single thing. It has just revolutionized the way that we do work in our clinic. It's so great. In, in what way? Please share. So we keep adding, you know, as we've gone along, we keep adding boards. So Trello, to sort of briefly explain, is the concept is like a app or an online whiteboard. You picture the tech companies that have a big whiteboard and those post-it notes, and they move the post-it notes from sort of column to column. So we have a board and you know, within each board, there's three columns, to do, in progress, and done. And we have one board that is for just general stuff we got to do. Get the air conditioner fixed on, you know, truck A. Get the keys copied for truck B. You know, send out the quarterly newsletter. Another board is for Coggins. So we were struggling to keep a consistent workflow with the Coggins. So now we have a Coggins board where we write blood drawn, you know, horse doctor name. And then the text can move it from that category into paperwork completed and blood submitted to lab. And then they can move it into the category added to record and sent to owner. And then we did the same thing with fecal egg counts. We were really having some trouble organizing that. And then myself and my sort of office manager person now have a board of, you know, sort of big idea projects that we work together on. So we just keep adding more and more boards and it's it's just working wonderfully for us. And the cool thing about it, it's on your iPhone, your Same. Android, your iPad. I mean, it's across all platforms. It's free. Website. Yeah. 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 Something I've used that's similar to that. It was called um, Real-Time Board, although they just upgraded and changed their, self, their names to Miro, M-I-R-O. Kind of that same kind of collaborative whiteboard space. And they come up with a lot of different templates to kind of let you map out either, you know, project trees or workflows, the sticky note model as well. It's pretty handy. You can get on there as a team, group of two or three people, even if you're remote and, you know, share the screen, work the space, have the video chat there as well. So it's been pretty yeah. handy for some classes. That's neat. Yeah. That's kind of cool too. So along the same line. I think the one thing whenever when we had our table topic and other collaboration tools, everybody unanimously loves the Google platform for documents or sheets for Excel type uh, spreadsheet type work, calendars. I think the Google suites of information is it's just pretty brilliant. Like Ernie yeah, said I earlier, I, I have my Google Drive and I do that and I do I do my Apple stuff, but they're all pretty good. But I like I think Google's got the most in one package. I mean, if you haven't done it, go to Google and just explore the different things that they have. You got to do a couple clicks on to get all the drop down screens and everything to show you all the different forms, sheets, chats. I can't think. I mean, there's just so many of them. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of useful tools in there. Yeah, that's for sure. So let's um, talk about client communication, productivity, collaboration. Let's just talk just very generally about your favorite phone apps. What can't you get through your day without? When it comes to apps. We'll go to you, Lisa. Uh, so mine is less a phone app and more an iPad app. I use this app called Goodreader. Um, it, oh, yeah. yeah, so I, I do all my dental charting on it. My associate does all of her Cairo charting. And it basically just you plug in a PDF and then you can draw on it, check boxes, write on it. 
and then just pretty easily just email it to yourself or the office. And that just keeps my charting, you know, for standard things like a dental chart so much faster. You can have the clients sign a consent form. So I'll hand them their castration release form and they just sign right on the screen. And that, that for me, I use that app every single day. Huh. Sounds like a good, good reader. Yeah. It's very, very easy to use. I've been using it since it's been around for a long time, maybe 2014 or something. So it's great. That's very cool. A good one to take and use everybody. Yeah. For yourself, Lordy, what's your favorite? I think, you know, I don't have a particular app that I have to use. I've lately been, I have a couple of clients that aren't quite as tech savvy and, you know, so I get a, I get a sheet of paper with their list and we keep all our records on there and I just snap a screenshot and send them the image every day. And just the fact that they're getting records back that they can read and keep track of through emails just been, you know, big help for me. Then I have it the next day. I know where it is. So it's just, you know, simple, just kind of using all the basic tools that your phone can can give you. I like the formulary apps. There's a lot of them out there. Wasn't there a bit of a hiccup with that app recently? I saw some chatter on one of the equine Facebook groups about some issues with the Haggard formulary. Should be back online soon. soon. We updated the website and there was some crossover communications that just didn't, just a little bug in the system, but yeah, it should be back up soon. Yeah. The whole, the whole, you know, equine veterinary internet space was a wash in terror about not having that app. So I'm glad it's back. I think I've checked it's back up and running. Okay. The app I use a lot, it's, um, it's similar to what Ernie was talking about, one called Genius Scan. And oh, yes. it's, it's a good one for any kind of sheet that I don't like. I don't use a scanner at all. And I just take a picture yeah. of any kind of document that stores it. I can send it as a PDF or a JPEG. I can do multiple pages. Mm-hmm. And on, on top of that, which I find helpful. My newest app that I love is Expensify. So when I have to submit receipts to the office, as soon as I get them, I take a picture of it and then Expensify. And I never have anybody from the office calling, going, where are your receipts? Where are your receipts? That has oh, saved so I'm much time tra- in my day. Uh, I'm going to try that one. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I that's a huge one. <laughs> okay. That's Good. a huge one, for sure. A simple handy one is my bank's app where I can just scan the checks and send in the checks. I don't have to take the check into the bank. Just submit a digital, cool. digital image of the check. And uh, that saves a lot of time. Really cool. Might have to switch banks, but yeah, if your bank has a mobile app, you should look into it. Yeah, that's a good idea. So one subject that was spent a lot of time talking about at the uh, table topic at the AP was on telemedicine. And it was interesting. So we had two real camps in the room. And one camp is for every image or any kind of online consult people ask you for, you need to charge. And everybody else is like, mm, I'd be really scared to do so. And to be full transparency, the group of people saying you have to charge was about 5% of the room. In fact, the one person I remember, she's a human physician and she was sort of gobsmacked that we're not charging for every x-ray or every picture or video that we look at. And so we had a lot of back and forth on that. I just didn't know what your thoughts were on telemedicine and in terms of, you know, do you charge for it? Is it something that you look at to increase business? Is it just a customer service? What are your thoughts on that? Start with you, Lisa. Uh, We certainly do a fair amount of it. 
there's a lot of times when I wish I thought I could get away with charging for it. My practice being a little bit smaller, um, definitely relationship focused. I think we get a fair amount of backlash. That being said, you know, we've just implemented um, wellness plans for the first time this year. And I'd like to think that we could get to a model where, you know, we're promoting because everybody wants subscription based services or whatever. So if we can get outside the, the typical group think veterinary box and, you know, start including telemedicine for our wellness plan clients, our tried and true bread and butter clients, and then charge somehow, you know, for the ones that aren't, that's where I'd like to see myself moving. But currently, if you're a great client of mine, you can send me whatever you want all day, every day. And I'll tell you, does it need to be seen? What's going on here? Because I feel like we make up for it in other areas, but we do try to dodge it when it's a non-established client. So I think we're segueing into that. How are you, Ernie? Yeah, I'd say the same thing. You know, in our highly competitive area of Lexington, I think we'd be hard-pressed if we started charging for a image consult or a video consult is something that somebody sent us so i'd be i'd be more like lisa as well you know if you're one of my clients and you send me a, a picture about something that we might need to look at or is it an emergency i'd probably take advantage of the telemedicine aspect to know if i can either um, if it's something i need to see today or immediately or if it's something we can put off and wait or you know you might be able to use it as a conversation starter or some other work you can do down the road mm-hmm. so you know, and then I can, you can use the images to share with the client. You know, I wouldn't share the, all the info, but you can say, hey, look at this. You know, we had to see this yesterday and we did this and this. And you can use it maybe as a conversation starter to generate revenue mm-hmm. with another client. If they're not mm-hmm. using that technology or doing that procedure or running those tests, you know, just to kind of use it for, for educating. But I, the telemedicine for me has worked several times with a FaceTime video uh, to another doctor to kind of say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Here's the case. Here's what I've got. You know, what do you think? To kind of use as a quick um, colleague consult, uh, you know, to offer better service. So telemedicine can work a couple different ways. Mm-hmm. That's a really good idea. I think the, the consensus was that if your staff is trained well or if your vets are trained well, look at something and sort of, you know, don't just rely on the photo or the video, but say, hey, you know what, I need to look at that. Or, yeah, we follow up on that they're a great way for uh, progress exams mm-hmm. and i think it actually gives better care and say so you should probably also you know kind of use some discretion and you know think about when something needs to be uh, written down or made into a record based on you know the circumstances of the case or the clientele you know sometimes it's better to be safe than sorry so it might be like hey i looked at sure. this image write down a, write down your findings because it might come back yeah down. yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. So I just I, I was humbled by uh, telemedicine. I was we were on call for a horse show, and I got a text late at night. Some horse had back into some kind of something sharp in the stall, in one place in the whole horse show, and this horse had a slight laceration. That's what it looked like on the picture, bay horse. And she's like, "You need to come out and see it tonight." And I said, "Probably not. We have a vet there in the morning. He'll come by and have a look at it. I think just you know, put something topical, antibiotic on it. You're fine." Well, when he showed up the next morning, he sort of, you know, reminded me that pictures are only two-dimensional because this thing had a track about three inches long that, you know, didn't need to be sutured, but sure did need to be flushed. And, and it was pretty close to the hawk. 
and uh, probably would have been better to see it. So I'm, I'm a little less eager to sort of rely on what pictures tell me based on, on that. Yeah. So last thing I wanted to talk about is we brought up a lot of cool things, a lot of things, um, some really, I think some apps that people are going to be able to go out and try right away. But I mean, there is a plethora of apps and there's been a lot of discussions lately about data and you know, Facebook's and Google have been, their feet have been put to the fire. So is there anything you are, when you're dealing with technology and you're both are, you know, first movers on that stuff. Is there anything that you're wary of or that you would caution other people about before they just jump in and say, I want to try this or I want to try that? I maybe am not as cautious as I should be. I'm usually willing to kind of try whatever. I know, you know, we talk about privacy concerns and stuff. And of course, anything you say on the internet anywhere at any time can be you know, screenshotted or passed. So you just consider some level of, you know, being professional. But I, I just try not to let the concerns get to me too much. I just go for it. Yeah, I kind of do that too when it's kind of related just, you know, the my immediate circle of, you know, my communications or my information. I think, you know, as practices as a whole, if you're looking into, you know, different, you know, cloud-based practice management software or different distributor network service type deals, you know, just kind of always be sure to read the fine print and see what happens to your data, what happens to your client information. You know, you're better off to, you know, get a, maybe get some legal advice or somebody to read it over just to make sure that, you know, everything's in your best interest and your client's best interest. It's better to uh, do that at the beginning than, than later yeah. on down the road wholeheartedly agree with you on that one. And I think, you know, there's certainly some big issues with certain uh, companies in our industry and that particular almost data mining practices that people weren't expecting. And I think that's made a lot, a lot more of us a little more gun shy on things like that. <laughs> I was going to say on all those platforms, you know, there was, they're offering to sell you a service or, you know, discounted prices and, or you make the jump to any new practice management uh, software platform, you know, is just demo it out and try it. Talk to their talk to their reps if they really want you to use it and sell it or use it, sell it to you and you use it. You know, you should be able to test drive it, you know, in a couple of vehicles or try it for a week or so and see how it goes. <clears throat> I'd definitely test drive all those tech services first. Mm-hmm. But I think the I think, you know, it's there, it is a pretty fair exchange. It's an exchange for you having a free service. They are going to use your data, and they're going to sell that data to other groups that want to put ads in front of your eyeballs. And I think that's the movement of where digital marketing is going. And so as long as the data is anonymous, as opposed to, hey, I'm going to sell you Mike Pownall's data, as opposed to here's um, person X who lives in this area that might be interested in these things. It, it's up to you to decide if that's a fair trade or not. But I, I see, we talked earlier about you know, some of the free apps and the expectations that you know people don't want to pay for telemedicine. I think the shift is really happening that you know companies cannot make money on just selling ad space alone. So I think we're probably going to see over the next few years more and more subscription models coming along just because people's sense of privacy is getting strong too. Yeah, I think you're right. 
Anything else we should talk about that we haven't? This has been a great conversation. As I said, uh, it's um, based on a lot of what we, we, we heard and saw at that town hall meeting, not town hall, but the uh, table topic meeting at the AEP convention in San Francisco. Any last words from either one of you? If not, we can just sign off for the afternoon. I just had a question if anybody's tried putting an Amazon or a virtual assistant type thing into any part of their practice. I asked because we got one for our house um, at Christmas time and have since expanded to two or three of them throughout the house. Yeah, My like, kids love you're them. Alexa? Alexa? Yeah, Alexa like we got the Alexa. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Have anybody put it in a practice office or, you know, in a back office or in the procedures room or anywhere? Found some um, fairly inexpensive Wi-Fi cameras that you can hook up around the house to, you know, keep an eye on things. I know, yeah. I think, Lisa, you had those in your clinic for your folding mare watch. Um, we we have a fairly extensive camera system, but um, it probably goes beyond this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't tried any of the, like, digital assistants anywhere in my life or practice. <laughs> it takes <sighs> some getting used to. My kids enjoy it more than I do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I have to admit, I'm. I'm pretty head. I'll dive in the shallow end, but that's one where I'm still on the fence on. Well, and I wanted to kind of just briefly bring up, uh, you know, marketing and using technology to market your practice. I mean, I think everybody's aware of, you know, things like Mailchimp, but uh, I've recently been using Canva, which are either of you guys using? that no what is that website how do you spell it c-a-n-v-a so canva is what people are using to produce just beautiful graphics and infographics and flyers and i find for me it it gives me a level of constraint that i probably need and i make my little i'll make an instagram infographic or a flyer for an upcoming seminar and I felt like that took my design from I'm a veterinarian, you know, pretending to be someone who has a clue about design to something that looks much, much better. So I've been really excited about Canva. And then as far as scheduling social media posts, I've struggled with this one. You know, Facebook now allows you to schedule posts, but I really struggle with Instagram. Um, we have, you know, third party apps like I was using Buffer for Instagram, mm -hmm. but it has some real issues lately. And I'm wondering if either of you guys know of any other better sort of Instagram scheduling programs. The one I'd use for Facebook was Hootsuite. I don't know if they do Instagram or not. They do. They do. And does it still <laughs> yeah, function? Does it still function well for Instagram? It doesn't give you trouble with everything that that i don't know because i haven't used it for okay. uh, for instagram i haven't jumped yeah. over there and kind of veered a little bit away from the social media postings right. it's just more my nature but um yeah i might try i've had yeah, good I luck mean, with hootsuite it's it's a platform for scheduling multiple uh yeah. social media channels you know whether it's linkedin facebook instagram what have you mm -hmm. i'll keep trying i know i've heard of a few other you know, Instagram scheduling apps and I need to get 
something in place and I'll try a few and then maybe we do a 2.0 version of the podcast. I guarantee you we can do this every year. It'll be all new. <laughs> Quick question for the two of you, just because you both yeah. talked about dentistry and I know one of the questions people have is what phone app do you like to use to take your pictures of teeth or any kind of procedures you're doing in the mouth? I got, I got one of those inexpensive oral endoscopes. You know, the one that I think is designed originally as a boroscope and it was, I, I don't know, eight, nine hundred bucks, not that bad. And it comes with this really fantastic digital camera that looks like it was made in 1992 that attaches to it. Nice. But it does the job great. And so I've given, I mean, otherwise I just use my phone for incisors and stuff. Okay. I just use the phone. I found a couple on Amazon, surprise, surprise, wireless kind of video scope tools that, you know, they kind of advertise as, you know, to find something that you drop behind the TV or down a crack that they kind of work okay for in the mouth. And then they just have a char a battery to charge. And then they communicate to your phone through a pretty rudimentary app via Wi-Fi. They can get some decent pictures, but I end up usually just, I have a waterproof case on my phone. I just shove the phone in the mouth. Right. Um, yeah. I think there's... They have one idea that I do have is there's got to be some kind of uh, stand or adapter that you can magnet on or clip on to your um, dental spec to kind of get the right angle and maybe get the light right. Because right. I know as I'm trying to shine the headlamp in there to get it just right and see the screen, it you know it's it's more difficult than it should be. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we covered a lot of ground today. I really want to thank both uh, yourselves, Lisa Kivett, Dr. Lisa Kivett, and Dr. Ernie Martinez. Excellent as always. And yeah, I think we need to do a technology 2.0. We do. And Mike, I'm going to add one more thing that I was I yeah. had forgotten about until now. Um, you know, such a huge proportion of the AEP's membership is solo practitioners. Yeah. And so many of us... Um, you know, end up heading out on some weird emergency to some place that you're not really sure where you're going or if you're ever going to come back. Um, and I installed an app on my phone. We found a free app called Life 365 um, that you can life, have to or life like like L -I -F -E. the meaning of life. Okay, Life, Life 365. Life, Life 365, which is just one of those. Yeah. I think it's designed to like track your errant teenagers. Um, right, right. But we installed it um, on my phone and on my husband's phone just so when I'm out traipsing about at midnight trying to see some colic in some weird area that he can see sort of where I am and am I on the way home yet? And how long have I been there? And is my phone battery charged? And to be honest, it's made me feel a lot more confident that someone can peek in on me. Awesome. And so I, I was looking it yeah. up. That's perfect. Oh, man, because you go to some solution. dangerous, dodgy spots at night, and you never know <laughs> where you're going. So Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a, a great solution for, you know, people who are just looking for, you know, just a way for someone to keep an eye on them when they're out in the middle of nowhere. Well, I think that is an excellent app to end on, because that's pretty awesome. I don't know if you can top that one. So, uh, cool. Yeah, I think you could use you could use some of your different if you have a running app or something you could use Strava maybe mm -hmm. just turn it yeah. on beacon feature that kind of lets um, I use it when I ride my bike so my wife knows if I'm still upright or not. Um, yeah. Right. And then I know we don't use it, but I know some other people that use a similar tracking app that they use to kind of uh, keep track of their mileage for their IRS requirements. 
mm-hmm. their vehicles. So there's those, there's a lot of tools out there that, you know, like I said about exploring the Google platform for all the things that they have, you know, just if you think it might be out there, just search the app store and you'd be pretty surprised what you find. Yeah. And then we'll invite you to the podcast next time. So. Very cool. Thank you too. This has been excellent. Awesome. I Thank mean, you. I could go, yeah, I could go for another hour. Oh, this, could, topic. We could, this could be a three hour long, but so. mm-hmm. we'll yeah. come back. We'll talk we, more. We might need to find a scheduling app to uh, coordinate better, but. <laughs> True. Doodle, doodle.com. <laughs> okay. I like to use. All right. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.